WNYC Studios is supported by Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hey, it's Latte from Radio Lab. Our goal with each episode is to make you think, how did I live this long and not know that? Radio Lab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Welcome to NYC Now, your source for local news in and around New York City from WNYC. It's Monday, September 11th. Here's the midday news from Michael Hill. Remembrances are underway to mark the 22 years since the 9-11 attacks. Paul Robert Ekna. Constantine Ekonomos. Barbara G. Edwards. Dennis Michael Edwards. Michael the 9-11 Memorial Edwards. Museum's annual commemoration includes the traditional reading of the names and moments of silence. Vice President Kamala Harris is attending the ceremony along with Mayor Eric Adams and Governor Kathy Hochul starting at dusk. The museum will light up the sky with two light beams as part of its annual tribute in light. Those lights will shine until dawn tomorrow. As Hurricane Lee continues its steady swim across the Atlantic, we may be wondering if or when our area might feel any impact. Meteorologists say they may not know Lee's final destination until late in the week. National Hurricane Center Deputy Director Jamie Rome says tomorrow and Wednesday will help decide. That's when the major hurricane will start to encounter weaker steering currents or the atmospheric forces that are shoving it along. If you think like a leaf in a stream, that leaf is moving along and then it hits like a, an eddy or a weak spot in the stream and just kind of slows down and stops as it awaits um, the next thing to push it. Even if Lee ultimately stays hundreds of miles from the mainland, Rome expects the storm's massive size to still disturb the east coast with dangerous rip currents already hitting the southeast and expected to move northward through the week. 80 with showers now humid. Flood watch till midnight because we're expecting some slow-moving showers and storms to dump quite a bit of rain on us. Mostly cloudy today and a high of 80. I'm Terrence McKnight. Join me for a new season of the podcast where people tell stories about the classical music that shaped their lives. I'm Tom Hiddleston. My name is Natalie Joachim. I'm Marin Alsop, and you're listening to The Open Ears Project. You're going to meet some incredible people and maybe, like them, fall in love with a piece of music. The Open Ears Project. Listen wherever you get podcasts. NYC, NYC, NYC. It's WNYC. I'm Michael Hill. We're in a Hattie Carthen Community Garden in Bed-Stuy this morning. Community gardens can be a great resource if you're looking to grow some delicious vegetables in the city, but many of them also provide an environmentally sound way for New Yorkers to deal with food waste. Composting diverts food waste from the landfill and turns it into soil instead. And while the city is now rolling out a municipal program to make that happen, for many years, that effort has been led locally by volunteers and nonprofits, and very often, 
That takes place in community gardens. Domingo Morales is the founder of Compost Power, which builds compost sites around the city, especially in underserved communities. Gil Lopez is a compost educator with Big Reuse, which contracts with the city to provide composting services. They join us now here at the Hattie Carfin Community Garden, once again in Bed-Stuy. Good morning. It's a pleasure to be here with you. First, uh, would you talk about the scale of food waste in the city and why this matters, uh, Domingo? Um, well, I think it's safe to say we're looking at about 30% of the waste that goes to landfill that is actually food waste. And um, if you take a deeper dive into those numbers, you'll find that like in restaurants, it's more like 50% right. of what goes into the waste. Same thing with supermarkets. So a large percentage of the New York City waste that we use resources to truck to transfer stations and landfills can actually be recycled or upcycled into finished compost that can rebuild New York City soil. How about you, Gil? Yeah, uh, food waste is a huge thing in New York City. We have lots of it. When we send it to the landfill, it's not some magical place that's away. It actually ends the effectiveness of our nutrient cycles, which is the cycle of life. Um, But when we compost it effectively, then we turn it back into soil and it becomes the foundational building block of all carbon-based life forms on this planet. Domingo, you've helped a lot of local level efforts to increase composting, building out systems in community gardens and working to set up infrastructure at New York City Housing Authority properties. Would you tell us about some of those efforts? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, one of my philosophies is that you need infrastructure and education in order to change behavior. And in public housing, the infrastructure to do sustainable things like community gardening, recycling our food waste, is not really there. They, they haven't been invested in and no one's pouring money into it. So I actually build compost sites in these public housing communities that just don't have access to this kind of education. And then we hire the young adults that come from public housing to actually manage these systems. So we give them a sense of ownership and we show them that it's residents that bring this power back to the community. That's why we use the name compost power. Do you have good participation? I have great participation. There's some sites where participation is a little sparse and we're trying to kick up participation by trying things like open mics or um, picnics and barbecues but there are some spaces where it just clicked like our East Harlem site um, we have to actually rebuild it this fall because it's already surpassed its capacity so we're going to expand that bin system and we're also going to take the abandoned garden next to our site and renovate that as well Um, we like to not only build compost sites but make the curb appeal of the whole community even better. And Gil, you've done a lot of work with collecting food scraps in neighborhoods around the city. With the city beginning curbside collection, now in Queens, soon in Brooklyn, and next year in the rest of the city, what happens to these community-led efforts and collection points? Well, that's a huge question in the minds of everyone that's been doing this work right now. I mean, the, obviously the community gardeners that do composting in the city are going to keep right on composting their food scraps and their neighbors' food scraps um, there's not really a question about that. It's, it's where the people who are getting funding to do this work. Uh, there's a few sites in the city that operate at a community scale, but they're a bit larger than what can happen at a community garden. So at these larger community scale sites that are primarily New York City compost project sites funded by Department of Sanitation and operated by various nonprofit organizations, um, they process a lot more food scraps and they 
they collect and uh, aggregate food scraps coming from farmers markets, commuter stops, uh, community gardens that don't have the capacity, that are collecting food scraps but don't have the capacity to process all of them on site. Uh, and they're a huge resource to, to everyone who drops off their food scraps. But we're not sure as the city rolls out the brown bin program and invests a lot of money in this Department of Sanitation program, whether these sites will continue to be funded or operational. What do you think of that? I think it's de- devastating. I think that community activists and composters have worked really hard for decades to build this program. Domingo, what would you have the city do? I'd have the city move in the direction we have been moving in before the pandemic, which is build as many community-scale composting sites as possible. Um, community gardens, um, urban farms, use those places in the community to compost their scraps and then use the network of the DSNY Brown Bin program as sort of like a combined system overflow, right? If a community garden gets overwhelmed with food scraps, hey, DSNY, can you make a pickup and take these scraps off of our hand? Then it becomes we're not dependent on one system, right? We're not just dependent on community gardens and small-scale composting. We're not just dependent on the centralized industrial realm of organics recycling in New York City, but we have this broad network that can take different levels of waste in all different uh, parts of the city. It keeps our education here. It keeps the humans interacted, but it also gives us that processing capacity that we might need by partnering up with the DSNY program. How about you, Gil? I think the city should implement the Brown Bin program. And since we don't have the capacity to process all of the food scraps in the city, they should move forward with the co-digestion. And then we should rapidly begin to build more community-scale composting sites within the city. I think every single community district needs to have a community-scale composting project so that people within their neighborhood can see what happens to organic food waste and not send it to other communities send it away and they can participate in the processing of their food waste and understand how recycling of organics creates earth because honestly that just makes us more human when we're involved with that process and as the city does that they should also uh, help other other sites like community gardens and farmers markets that are collecting food waste uh, in order to pick those up and process them at these larger city-funded community skill sites. Domingo Morales is the founder of Compost Power, and Gil Lopez is a compost educator with Big Reuse. Thank you both for joining us this morning. Thank you so much for having us. The city sanitation department did not return a request for comment to WNYC. Thanks for listening. This is NYC Now from WNYC. Be sure to catch us every weekday, three times a day, for your top news headlines and occasional deep dives. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back this evening. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities.